Laser sights enhance and maintain your accuracy in a time of crisis, preventing tunnel vision and allowing quick target acquisition in awkward shooting positions. Crimson Trace, making laser sight standard equipment. Learn more at crimsontrace.com. Welcome to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, where a right is always a right, not a privilege. Welcome back to Gun Talk. Tom Gresham here. If you'd like to be a part of this madness, <laughs> give me a call, 866-TALK-GUN or Tom Talk Gun. Just dial Tom Talk Gun. Easy. By the way, be sure to follow me on uh, Twitter. I am at Gun Talk. Lots of information there. I share stories that we pick up all over. And this goes on all through the week, so you can find out what's happening, whether it's a, a good guy with a gun story or stories about new guns, things going on, or even legislation or... The efforts of the gun ban industry, and it is all of that is certainly an industry. It's, it's the gun ban lobby. They're busy. They're well-funded in a way that we've never seen before. They're everywhere. They're in the states. They're working in the legislatures. They're working, of course, in Congress. They're working <laughs> every angle they can. And, of course, they have their uh, their media department, a.k.a. the general media of the United States of America, spreading their message the propaganda. Although there was a piece, I was surprised. Let me grab this in the Washington Post of all things. There you go. Where it says that uh, they got it right for a change. They said uh, the public, general public, thinks that murders are up when in fact murders are way, way down. I've been talking about this for several years now. Actually, with a, a Pew Research poll came out, basically said the same thing. And here's a story in the Washington Post with the stats, with the information that uh, murders with guns down about 47% over a 25-year period. Wait, wait, let me say that again. Murders with guns down 47% in a quarter century. And yet the public thinks that murders with guns has increased. They think the number is higher. Well, Two things come from that. One is that uh, it tells you that the media has brainwashed them. As Eric Holder said, we should brainwash people against guns. But also, what that means is from the standpoint of establishing public policy, if the public has a view that is absolutely incorrect, and public policy is based largely upon what the public thinks it knows, we may have a problem here. One of the people who has been following this for a long time and is right in the middle of it is Larry Keene. He is the Senior Vice President and General Counsel for the National Shooting Sports Foundation. He joins us right now. Larry, thank you for sharing some of your time on a Sunday. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, Tom. hope you're well. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, you, you watch this. It's happening everywhere on all fronts. But one of the, the areas that is particularly interesting is this crazy situation and lawsuit in Massachusetts. What's going on with this thing? Explain what this thing is. Well, there are a couple of lawsuits actually pending in Massachusetts, but the National Shooting Sports Foundation and a number of local dealers in Massachusetts filed a lawsuit in federal court against uh, the Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healy, or as I like to call her, Headline Healy, when back in 2016, uh, literally a day or so before the Democrat National Convention in Philadelphia, uh, out of the blue, without any advance warning, issued this 
so-called enforcement notice where she threatened to criminally prosecute dealers if they sold um, modern sporting rifles and other semi-automatic rifles that had been legal to sell in the state of Massachusetts for 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, when she put out this in, uh, enforcement notice, essentially completely rewriting the statute and creating a new test to define what is or is not uh, lawful to sell in the state. So there was no Correct. new law passed or anything. Nobody went in and said, okay, this, these guns are now banned. She just said, you know what, if you sell them, we're going to come after you and charge you with a crime. Yes. She put out this notice, created this new test that's not in the statute. Uh, and so dealers have stopped selling firearms that they were had been legally selling in the state for 20 years mm -hmm. because of fear of prosecution and because they could not figure out, based on this new test, what was or was not legal to sell mm -hmm. under her rewriting of the statute. When dealers asked her to explain what it, you know whether I could sell this firearm or that firearm, the Attorney General's office said, we're not going to tell you because they couldn't figure it out either and they said you you know you 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 make your best guess and if you're wrong we'll prosecute you. you exactly so we went to federal court and said that she violated the due process rights of dealers in the state uh and of course not surprisingly she filed a motion to dismiss the case mm -hmm. but unfortunate for her uh the federal court agreed with us and said we did state a valid a due process claim, uh, and denied her motion to dismiss the case. She then filed a frivolous, in my opinion, appeal to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the First Circuit, claiming that there was some 11th Amendment violation and that the case needed to be dismissed based on the 11th Amendment. Uh, we said this is you're not allowed to appeal what's called an interlocutory appeal. You have to wait till a final judgment. And there are and the basis of the Eleventh Amendment claim is that we are arguing in federal court that she violated state law, which wasn't the case. We we claim she violated the federal due huh. process rights of the plaintiffs. Uh, the Court of Appeals. Uh, at oral argument, right out of the box, said, why are we here? You can't bring an interlocutory appeal. Right. And the, the court below said there's a federal due process claim that's viable. And so uh, literally within just a few hours um, of the oral argument, um, which was like 10 o'clock in the morning, I think the, the judges heard a, other argument that morning, had lunch, and then dismissed the, the uh Attorney General's appeal. So we're back now in federal court where we should have been, although many months have gone by and several more dealers have been driven out of business. Well, that's what I was going to say. That, that's the, the one of the points of this whole deal is this has gone on for so long with gun stores not being able to sell the guns that they were making a living off of. They have quite literally closed their doors and gone out of business because of this threat from yeah. the Attorney General. Sadly, yes. And here it gets even more absurd, Tom. The, in Massachusetts, they copied literally verbatim the Clinton gun ban that was in place from 94 to 04, which, okay. as you know, was a two-feature test. Right. So for 20-plus years, 
in Massachusetts, you could tell modern sporting rifles and other semi-automatic firearm rifles, so long as you you did not violate the two-feature test. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every single one of those rifles that had been sold in the state for 20 years was approved by the Executive Office of Public Safety, essentially the state police. Okay. Every sale is approved by the Executive Office of Public Safety. And so at her press conference, she was alleging that manufacturers were somehow knowingly violating the law uh, by selling these firearms, and dealers were knowingly violating the law. And by golly, she was going to put a stop to this violation of the law. Now, you cannot with a straight face tell me that the Executive Office of Public Safety, the Massachusetts State Police, did not know what they were approving for 20 years. She completely rewrote the statute and decided for herself what the law should be, not what the Massachusetts legislature decided. Uh, So we brought the federal due process claim. It survived her motion to dismiss. It, her, it survived her frivolous appeal. Mm-hmm. And there's another case pending in state court with other dealers that are claiming that what she did, also by essentially but, but, putting but out me, this enforcement meantime, notice, meantime she she's putting people out of business, violates put, the State Administrative Procedures Act. So in the meantime, people are being put out of business. Where do they go? If this thing ends up going and you win and she loses and we're back to where we were, but they're still out of business, where do they go for some kind of restitution on this? Terrible part about this. It's not like they'll get their money back. It's not like, you know, they can sue her for damages for the lost revenue and things like that. They're out of business. Now, maybe they can restart the business at great expense. This is why this case is so important, why the state case alleging that her enforcement notice, she claims, is not a regulation. It's just, I'm just interpreting the statute, um, is not a regulation. It, it clearly is a, a regulation under Massachusetts state law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's, of course, the federal, uh, there's another federal lawsuit pending where um, citizens in Massachusetts sued that the state, Massachusetts state assault weapons ban violates the Second Amendment. Uh, they lost at the federal district court in, in Boston, not surprisingly, and it was argued before the U.S. Court of Appeals for the First Circuit literally right after um, our appeal was argued to the same exact panel, which, by the way, that panel included former U.S. Supreme Court Justice David Souter, who was a dissenter in the Heller case, which um, was really amazing to see uh, a federal circuit court panel. Larry, I'm going to run out of time here. Where are we with this? How quickly do you think this case can get resolved? Well, the federal court will now proceed to discovery despite her efforts to delay and avoid the inevitable. She has to now defend the indefensible. The state APA case will move forward, and the First Circuit will decide the Second Amendment case, which I think may very well go to the Supreme Court and may very well be the Supreme Court case uh, that decides once and for all whether the Second Amendment applies to modern sporting rifles. 
Ooh, excellent. Well, I hope so. Keep us posted, would you please? Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Larry Keene from the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Check it out, nssf.org. All right, 866-TALK-GUN. We are wide open. If you'd like to be a part of this, if you had uh, some shooting uh, range time this week, I'd love to get a range report. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, one of the guns we shot that was so much fun, I can't believe I forgot it, was a Marlin lever action and 45 Colt with light loads. Wow, that was so much fun. Really had a great time with that. All right, 866-TALK-GUN. What have you been shooting? What are you carrying? And, oh, yeah, how do you carry Your everyday carry advantage. The new M&P Shield M2.0 pistol from Smith & Wesson has the enhancements of the M2.0 line with aggressive grip texture and a crisp and lighter trigger pull. Extremely thin and lightweight, you can carry it all day. Also available with an integrated crimson trace laser in 9 or 40. The M&P Shield M2.0. Visit smith-wesson.com. For 36 years, the U.S. Sportsmen's Alliance has been fighting to protect hunting, fishing, and trapping for sportsmen from coast to coast. Today, we are under constant attack from extremist animal rights groups who want to end your ability to hunt in the U.S. Join us to protect our sporting heritage and our way of life outdoors. To join or for more information on how you can help, go to ussportsmen.org. That's ussportsmen.org. You got your carry permit. And that's good. But you know you could use more training. Get the DVDs, which have what you need. Springfield Armory presents Concealed Carry 1 and Concealed Carry 2 with Battle Group. Learn specific concealed carry skills from Top Gun fighting trainers. Get trained. Be prepared. This really is life and death. ShopGunTalk.com That's ShopGunTalk.com On the uh, the Washington Post story, where they're detailing that the general public is completely wrong in what they think that they think that murders are going up, and we have this quote unquote epidemic of gun violence. No, no, actually, no. Uh, murders are down. Murders with guns are down by almost half, forty-seven percent in a quarter of a century. Unbelievable. By the way, the uh, we talked earlier on this mention. I don't think that this uh, workplace shooting in Aurora, Illinois, is going to be used as a poster child for the gun ban crowd because this guy was prohibited, and yet he was able to get his gun legally, if you will, with big air quotes around legally, uh, passed the background check, got his FOID card in Illinois. Now they're looking at it and going, oh, wait, all this stuff we've been calling for and saying we absolutely need the background checks and the registration and all, they actually don't work. Oh, strange. How that happens. Uh, line three, John's with us. Fargo, North Dakota, Range Report. Talk to me, John. Good afternoon, Tom. Yes, sir. Did you know that an M1 carbine is still funner than heck to shoot? <laughs> There's something about a pistol caliber uh, rifle or carbine. And the and the thirty caliber carbine round is essentially a big pistol round. Is really all it is. 
Pretty much, you know, and I, I I picked one up at the Sioux Falls Gun Show last weekend for a for an amazing price. Yeah. Because it has a couple of little minor flaws, and you know, again, this gets back to this discussion of once you you know when you buy a gun used at a gun show, you always take it home and and field strip it and check it over. Because mm-hmm. one of the minor flaws with it was the slide doesn't lock open real well. I have to it's it's a little persnickety, so I know okay. the slide slide box is a little loose. Mm-hmm. But the gas piston nut was backing out. Hmm. And we all know that that leads to a disastrous consequence sometimes if you don't uh, pay attention to that part mm-hmm. of that gun. Mm-hmm. How did you know to do that? Just, you know, experience and, 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 and using the old noodle. You know, you, you know, it's like anything else. I, how many times have we talked about gun safety, Tom? And, you know, you talk about before you shoot a gun, I don't care if you bought the gun brand new off the shelf. You always go home, give it a quick give it a quick field strip and just check it or make sure there's not a barrel obstruction or, or something obvious. Yeah. Just see if anything looks wrong. If you just you think, that that's not right. Yeah, and, and a lot of that comes with experience, too. I mean, that's you know, nobody, nobody learned it all overnight. Although, today, the most amazing thing is you can learn all of this stuff on YouTube. I swear there must be a YouTube video on how to make a nuclear weapon somewhere. I mean, it, it, everything is there. It's incredible. Well, I always say for now, Tom, because you, you never know, you know, with the uh, First Amendment violations we see being handed down every day to, to mm-hmm. everybody. But Yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, it, all the gun videos could go away on, on YouTube today if they just flip the switch and it's gone. So, yeah, we have it while well, we have it. But if nothing else, we'll still be lucky enough. All we got to do is figure out a way to get the brown elves. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, cool. You so know, how, was, how did the rifle Tom, shoot? Tom, Say again? You know, I have a take on the red flag law for you. Talk to me. Evidently, the Democrats have all, all seem to think we're a bunch of cabbage heads. And I'm going to tell you, people better pay attention to these red flag laws because we have one that's kind of working its way through the legislature here in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And... The thing that always amazes me is, first of all, they're always presented by Democrats. I don't care what state it is. Absolutely. Second of all, they always talk about how they put together a coalition to form these bills. But you notice that gun owners are never part of a coalition. No. The, the people who actually know the subject matter, they will not be invited in. And if you sh- and I know from experience, if you show up, they will ask you to leave. They don't want you there. Well, that's that's it, and and people have to start paying attention to this closer and closer, Tom. You know, you're dead right on this because <clears throat> real simple. In North Dakota, the way it's presented, you know, the, the the police department will tell you, well, it's all on us to prove this, okay? Well, any numbskull with gray matter between their ears can figure out in short order that the police and a judge are always going to err on the side of safety. You so bet. now it's up to you to fight to get your guns back and your rights back. And that does not start at like fifty bucks in a courtroom. That that starts in like five figures typically. I was say, yeah, you're looking at you know five or ten grand to start that process. Here's here's my take. I offer a compromise. I will support a red flag law if you have to go to the judge and you have to have a hearing and you get to present your case. And if the judge then is required to adjudicate you as being mentally incompetent, oh, but wait, that's the current law. Well, exactly. And the way I look at it, Tom, is take it one step further. Okay? You require me to put five or ten grand into this fight to, 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 to win, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, and I win. 
Now, who's going to pay me that five or ten grand back? Now, don't tell me I'm going to get it back at $50 a month for the next 20 years because the person didn't have two nickels to rub together who charged me or, or, or whatnot. You set right. up a fund in the state that says I will get paid back within 30 days of that, of, of that adjudication, and then we'll start talking. Well, you bring up a good point. The other one I'm thinking of here is when this gets brought up in your state, and it either is now or it will be, but I guarantee you it's already in your legislature no matter where you live, the time to fight it is not when it's coming up for a vote. The time to fight it is right now to contact your legislators and say, look, this is going to be percolating its way through. I just want you to know the responsible gun owners are 100% in uh, against this thing because of these reasons. And the primary reason, and this is the, the phrase to use, there is no due process. This is a no due process. You do not get to argue your case before a judge. Somebody just drops a dime on you. It could be somebody who hates you, a, a sister-in-law, you know, an ex-wife, you know, a competitor, and the police show up at your door and they come and they have a search warrant and they could go into your house and take all your guns. And they say, yeah, but you get to go uh, challenge that but not on the front end. That's called a lack of due process. So there you go. John, i got to keep rolling here. I appreciate it. Great call. Uh, line one, Kirk's with us out of Van Buren, Arkansas. Kirk, shooting in the rain. Talk to me. Yeah, hey, uh, I just had a couple of thoughts. I think you were probably right about aim high. You're going to land high. Uh, presumably with the rain going on, the humidity is going to be high, so the relative density altitude is going to be high, so less uh, resistance to the bullet traveling and Probably the shock wave in front of the bullet is going to obliterate any impact with the raindrop. And so short of shooting through a waterfall, uh, I think probably shooting in the rain, shoot where you normally would. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. For those who don't understand, it's counterintuitive to a lot of people. When the humidity is high, the air is actually less dense. Because water vapor, weirdly enough, is less dense than air is. I know it's weird, but pilots have to study that stuff. Thank you, Kirk. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, density altitude. (laughs) When you factor in the humidity, you go, wait, wait, it's high humidity, so the density altitude goes up? That's weird. Uh, That's what it is. It struck me weird when I first learned that one. All right, 866-TALK-GUN. We are open for you. If you'd like to be a part of this, give me a call. We'll talk about the guns you have, or if there's something you think about buying, Let's knock it around. We'll figure out if it's something you ought to buy or something you ought to buy. This is Milo Lardbottom, Junior Under Assistant Deputy to the Assistant Director of Deputy Affairs for the Department of Homeland Security with a special message for listeners of Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. We know who you are. We know where you are. You're right by your radio. We have special cameras that can see into your radio. I have a special monitor built into my aluminum foil helmet. We are watching you. So don't try anything funny, buster. All right, back with the 866-TALK-GUN. Tom Gresham here. If there's something on your mind, if it's about guns, we'll talk about it. Simple as that, okay? Let's see, uh, line three. John's with us out of Marshall, Texas. John, thanks for your patience. How can we help you? Uh, I have a 25 Super Short Mag AR. Okay. And finding brass is really, really hard. And my question is, seeing as how Hornady and Winchester has made 243 super short mag, can you neck that up, resize it and all, and use it instead? Yes. You should be able to do that. I don't have the exact steps here. I don't know if it's as simple as just necking it up. I'd have to check the specs on it. But I think it may actually be just as simple as necking it up. Uh, are you a, a hand loader now? 
Yes, sir. Uh, then you know how to do that. I mean, basically, uh, I don't think it'd be a problem. Now, here's the question: Are you having any better luck finding two forty three brass? Well, you can you can get it mail order, or at least the last time I looked, you could get it mail order through uh, a couple of the big internet you know outlets. Right. I don't know if they still have it, but I hadn't been able to find some twenty five in a long time. And you know, with an AR, from time to time, you lose some. Yeah, you do, no doubt. Why did you decide to go? What is it about the twenty-five WSSM that uh, got your attention? Well, for years, I'd shot a twenty-five alt six and a two fifty-seven Robert, so I had, you know, quite a few twenty-five caliber bullets that I could use to reload. Right. And with it being an AR, you have to kind of reload it down a little bit and seat the bullet a little bit, or it doesn't work quite as good as. Mm-hmm. You know, it would. What bullet do you like in the twenty five WSSM? With the 90-grain hollow-point boat tail Sierra seems to work better hmm. in that thing. But the Nosler ballistic tip 100-grain, it, it's not bad. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, now the other thing I'm going to tell you is the thing you already know. When you find brass, don't dabble. Get a bunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping you know. that if they made some 243 and some 223 this last year, that maybe next year we can get some 25. But I, I don't know. You know, of course, the, the I, nice part, uh, the nice part about that is you only have to make it up once. You know, once you got it up to 25 cal, you're there, and you, you know, who knows? But you could probably, with that pressure level, you could probably get between five and ten loadings out of each case. I would think. Oh yeah, because you know you you really got to load it down a little bit for the AR. Because mm-hmm. you got to seat the bullet in a little, like about nine tenths, you know, of an inch deeper. Uh, I got I got some reloading information at one time out of a gun magazine where a guy was talking about. I can't remember his name now, but he he was talking about he got one and it was good, but you had to you had to stay with a two point two six links, and it was like two point three something from the factory so it didn't work good in the magazine ah you know and that's the kind of thing that hand loaders do all the time people are thinking what are you talking about well we're talking about the overall cartridge length uh the factory the sammy spec on that cartridge i think is 2.360 if i remember right something like that um and yeah but if you got to seed a little bit or you could use a bullet that's not as pointed and it'll end up being shorter but you know but you want the pointy bullet I would say if you can find some uh, 243 WSSM brass, buy you 500 rounds of it. Just, I mean, go ahead and stock up, neck it all up, and you're good to go. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Good luck with it. Appreciate that. Uh, I want to get this in. Brad uh, on line one with a range report for us out of Cedar City, Utah. What you been shooting there, Brad? Well, I just picked up not too long ago a Ruger SR-22. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a lot of fun. It is really actually a very stable platform, completely ambidextrous, three dot sights. I took it out. I've run just about every type of twenty two round you can think of through it, mm-hmm. and it's it's been absolutely flawless. And it's it's kind of a really trim little twenty two pistol, isn't it? It really actually is. It's um, you know, and I have I'm a guy with big hands, and I was kind of worried about it, but it's got two different grip sleeves that you can put on to fit right. whatever type of hand you have, and it's really, really been very nice. I'm actually really impressed with it. 
Now, you may already be ahead of me on this, but if not, I'm going to make a suggestion. If you really like the SR-22, I'm going to suggest you take a look at the SR-9 pistol from Ruger because it is, I think it's one of the sleepers on the market. I think it is a great pistol. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I have actually been interested in that, and I think I might make that my next purchase just to see how I do with it. But, yeah, the SR-9 really looks like a nice gun. It is. It comes in full size with a 17-round mag and then compact. I think that's a 12-round mag, and both of them are real good and shoot really well. I think you'd like – if you like the SR-22, you know, that makes all the sense in the world to get the uh, centerfire version. Hey, I appreciate the range support. That is great, Brad. Thank you, sir. I'm going to scoot for just a second, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the guns that uh, you want to talk about. I have one to mention that I think is another one of those sleepers that people are not paying attention to. It's a really good pistol that actually has a way of reducing felt recoil. It's super cool. Be right back. someone leaves you their gun collection, you may want a few, but what do you do with the rest? How do you sell them? Who do you call? Well, I call Johnny Dury at Dury's Guns. Whether you're selling one gun or 500, they'll tell you what it's worth and write you a check. Simple, quick, easy, fair. I trust Dury's Guns. Give them a call. Dury'sGuns.com. Want great deals on guns, ammunition, and gear? Download the free Gundelio app today. With Gundelio, you can search for deals, listen to the Gun Talk podcast, watch gun videos, read gun news, and get notifications right to your phone about deals and special offers. Save money on the products you want from the companies you love. New deals, discounts, and rebates added daily. Gundelio, available for free in the App Store and Google Play. Perhaps more than any other landscape, wetlands embody the life-giving abundance that nature has to offer. And perhaps more than any other organization, Ducks Unlimited is working to ensure that our continent's wetlands not only survive, but thrive for generations well beyond this one. The time is now to band together. The time is now to rescue our wetlands. Crimson Trace announces the revolutionary Link, the world's first wireless laser and white light system. Combining a green laser at 300 lumen light with instinctive activation for AR-type modern sporting rifles, Link offers wireless control of the laser and light from the ergonomic replacement grip, eliminating the need to reach for the rifle's forend. Link. Smart. Simple. Secure. Available now. Visit CrimsonTrace.com to find a dealer near you. Going to line two, Richard with us out of San Antonio. Richard, thanks for your patience, sir. You are on. Hey, Tom, just want to give you a range report. Uh, sure. Coming out of San Antonio, Texas. Uh, we're just leaving the San Antonio Rodeo Clay Shoot, where we had about a 1,000 kiddos anywhere from 4-Hers that are in the 4th and 5th grade up to high school and a few collegiate-level 
shooters. We had about uh-huh. a thousand kids running around with shotguns all weekend. Not <laughs> one accident. Uh, had lots of broken clays. Lots of prize money given away. Over two hundred fifty thousand dollars in prizes and gifts. Holy cow! Uh, given away to these kids and uh, forms of scholarships and guns. Blouser donated a F three shotgun. Uh, F-16 shotguns. I mean, it was just, just a great weekend, and I can't can't say enough about it. Uh, this is the third year that my son has competed in it, second year uh-huh. that my daughter has done it. And, you know, just get, I'm the president of our booster club for the for the for our local FFA chapter, and we had 26 representatives there from, from our town and the largest FFA chapter, and just a great weekend. That's amazing. So, um so you got a thousand kids with shotguns, and they're shooting tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand rounds. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody's afraid. Nobody gets triggered, if you will. Uh, did you get any media coverage? Uh, there's not in local, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, you know, but. Local San Antonio news, but that's, well, that's good. At least that's you got something all. local. That's, yeah, better nothing. Better nothing. Now, where where did you have it? What range? Uh, at the National Shooting Complex. Okay, yeah, that's a phenomenal facility, and it's spread all over. Yeah, the, it's like it just goes forever, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, I, I, and I, it, it great shoot. I just can't say enough about it. The uh, the support from uh, from the, sh- the the hunting and shooting industry, as well as Local businesses is just phenomenal. I mean, it it, it is really good, and it what goes the, straight what to the, the ages, kids. What are the ages of the kids? Uh, I I want to say the four Hers can start uh, ten or eleven, mm-hmm. and goes up to like I said, there there were some open uh, open division stuff, and there were some collegiate shooters there. So okay. you know, going so, up to nineteen, twenty years old. So you're talking fifth or sixth grade up to college? Yes, sir. Wow, that's terrific. That is, and you know, the other thing is, some of those kids are now going to go to the nationals. Are going to go to uh, the Grand American Trap Shoot. Are going to go to all these other different things. Some of them, and a lot of people don't know this, if you're good, you can actually get a scholarship in shooting to go to college. Absolutely, yeah. We were uh, my my kids' coach uh, is a representative from Blouser, and uh he had one of his team shooters in in their their storefront there on Vendor Row and mm-hmm. uh he's shooting at San Houston State uh he's gotten scholarships uh through them through the San Antonio Rodeo shoot um uh, you know he's he's getting his college paid for so it's amazing um, <laughs> and getting good shooters too i mean these kids are you know in uh american traps 98s 99s uh, you know, per- perfect, near perfect round. Same thing on sporting clays. Uh, they do, tra- they do American trap, international, uh, trap, uh, and, and sporting clays and, uh, wow. super sporting side, side events. And, mm-hmm. uh, but just a, gr- just a great weekend. You know, so, if you have youngsters, you ought to look into this because th- these programs are available throughout the country, not just in Texas, everywhere. Uh, you can go to uh, where to shoot.org. You can check with the NSSF, uh, you know, National Shooting Sports Foundation, you can look on for scholastic clays, uh, scholastic target shooting. There's a lot of uh, resources out there. This is a great range report, Jeff. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, man. You're welcome.
All righty, you take care. Let's see, James, how much time do we have before I run myself into a break? Oh, we got plenty of time. Let's get uh, Warren off of line three in Fort Smith, Arkansas in here. Hey, Warren, you're up. Hey, I'm looking for some advice, tips, whatever, on a concealed carry pistol. Okay. I've got a thin less than 357 5-inch barrel, and I'm so skinny that just ain't no place to hide it. <laughs> That's a big gun on a little guy. <laughs> okay. What else do you have? Oh, uh, uh, that's 22s is all I've been able to put mm. up with and handguns. I just can't get along with automatics. Let me ask you. You, you prefer a revolver, right? Yes, sir. I'm going to throw yeah. one out here. It's going to sound weird, okay? Uh, we, what we need is something smaller and lighter. The Dan West is a great revolver. Don't get me wrong. It's a great revolver. It's just not yeah. a concealed carry gun. I'm going to throw out a thought for you. Have you even heard of the cartridge of 327 Federal? 327. Yeah. Uh, it seems like maybe. Probably not then. All right. Let me tell you. Here's the drill. Ruger has a six-shot snub-nose revolver. I keep wanting to say it's a snub-nose 38, but it's actually not. It's a 327 Federal is what it's chambered for. But here's the deal about that. I mean, we're all... I say, well, it's a 32. Yeah, it is. But, and with light load, loads, it's like almost a 22. It's fun to shoot. It's easy. And, you know, stub-nose guns, little light guns are not that much fun. But you use light loads, it's easy. But you put the full house 327 Federal loads in it, and it has the same power, the same energy as a 357 Magnum. How about that? Yeah, it'll be a little smaller, I guess. It, it, what I you get is a while a, back, I heard you uh, mention something Ruger or somebody had come out with. It was a five shot. There are there are of course a lot of five shots out there, and if you want a five shot like an even a forty four forty four special, Ruger's got that. Smith, of course, has a ton of really nice revolvers, uh, little Chief Specials, uh, small ones, and I would sure look at those. There is, and let me. Th- this is one other thing to throw out. There is a big difference in the way the triggers feel in a Smith & Wesson and a Ruger. I like both of them, but they are different. And I would suggest you go to a store where they have both of them and try the double action. Forget, you're not going to be cocking these for self-defense. Try the double action trigger pull on both of them. That may end up being the deciding factor. It's personal, personal preference. Yeah, you can always, as Jim mentioned, you can always have a trigger job done on it, but they're probably going to be pretty good coming out. But... Take a look at the 327 Federal cartridge. You get six shots in what would normally be a five shot if it was a 38 special. And uh, they're, they're, it's a heck of a good round. It's a seriously good self-defense round. I think uh, somewhere in the middle of there, you're going to find what you're looking for. But I congratulate you on you know, examining this. And yeah, I love the Dan Wesson, but it's too big. He, even for a big guy, most big guys, certainly for a little guy. 866-TALK gun is the number here. What's in your holster? Hey, don't forget to go to guntalk.com, or rather, let's go to uh, shopguntalk.com. That's where we have our shop, shopguntalk.com. We have... uh, T-shirts, DVDs, books, hats, trucker and flatbill trucker, all kind of uh, cool stuff there. 
with gun talk and our little cool secret sauce uh, trigger logo that you'll know what it is. <laughs> a lot of people won't know it's a trigger. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, oh, I mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in the call earlier, he mentioned the SR, the Ruger SR pistols, the SR9, SR40. Uh, those are really good pistols. But there's another one that I think is a sleeper that just doesn't get quite the attention it deserves. Uh, Ruger makes one called the Ruger American Pistol. And this was one of those deals, when we first got one in, we were going to do some video with it. It came in, we go out to the range, never shot it before. Got the camera guys all setting up their cameras. I said, hey, guys, you guys go ahead. I'm going to go down range here by the berm. I just need to shoot this pistol. And we do this. I just want to make sure it goes off, that I know how to operate it and everything before we start rolling cameras, right? Makes sense. It was that rare experience. Loaded it up, came on target, pressed the trigger, it goes off, and I stopped. And I went, Wow. That's different. Shot it again went, huh, that's really different. They have in this pistol, and I thought it was marketing. Okay, I'm skeptical, right? Uh, they call it the recoil reducing barrel cam, low mass slide, low center of gravity, and bore axis. Yeah, right. This cam, whatever it is, however it works, I don't know what it is. I don't know how it does its thing. It was the lowest feeling recoil 9mm I've ever shot, ever. It, was, it, it delays it. It spreads it out over a longer period of time. It's kind of like the gas-operated semi-auto shotguns. They don't really reduce the recoil, the total recoil, but they spread it out over a longer period of time so you don't get smacked. You kind of get pushed. And that's what this was. And it was, I mean, it will stay with me. It's rare that I shoot something that really surprises me like that, where you go, ooh, wow, that's really nice. Uh, the Ruger American pistol. If you're shopping for pistols, I would look at one of these. One of these nine is such a sweet shooting pistol. It's it's quite amazing. really is. Uh, you know, we're so lucky. I think one of the reasons that uh, this pistol gets lost is because Ruger has so many good pistols in the lineup, and they do. And then you, you take that, I was thinking, just this week, this past week, let's see, I carried a SIG, I carried a Smith 1911, and I carried a Springfield Armory. Don't do as I do. Pick one, go with it, learn how to run it, but I necessarily have to. It sounds terrible. I have to try different guns, but it's part of the job. Um, and they're all wonderful. It's just amazing. They're all so darn good. It's crazy. Um, you know, the Ruger American is great. The, the SR9 system, the SR40 that Ruger has, I think they're great pistols, really slim. I mean, like 1911-type slim. Um, it's just crazy all the good stuff we have available today. It's almost nothing bad that I'm aware of. I mean, no, nothing comes to mind. You just go, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, pick something and then buy a bunch of ammo and spend money on a good holster and a good belt, 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 belt. It is so critical to your system, you know. Yeah, you probably need half a dozen, I'd say minimum half a dozen mags. When you buy your semi-automatic gun, buy extra mags, always. You'll be glad. You'll thank me. Uh, but, yeah, a good holster and a good belt make all the difference for carry. And then buy a bunch of ammo and allocate time. It's all about how much time you put in. Go get some training. Yeah, I know. I've been shooting all my life. Give me a break. It's not enough. It's not. People who are really good go get training. So the rest of us really need to get some training. In the meantime, take care of your family. 
carry all the time, everywhere, because you never know where the bad guys are. If you want to be part of the after show, call me now, 866-TALK-GUN. Watch your six. Be safe out there.